My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Let's exalt him. Let's lift him up. The wonderful name of Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I thank God for the power of the name of Jesus. And we worship and we glorify his wonderful, precious name. Thank you for joining us this evening. I want you this week to pray for two things that I feel very urgent in my spirit that we need as a body and a church to come together in one mind and one accord to pray about. First of all, I want us to pray that the spirit of peace would come upon each and every individual, that people would be at peace, that they would feel the peace of God that passes all understanding. That's a supernatural peace. It's not just the peace that comes maybe when there's the absence of trouble or adversity, but it's that peace that comes when you know the reality of God's glory and presence in your life and that he grants you that peace. And we're going to pray for that. We're going to ask God for it. And we're going to believe that God is going to, to transfer that to us in Jesus' name. And then I want you to pray for the backsliders because so many backsliders, and I've been hearing reports from various people that are being stirred up as a result of this, and they've been tuning in and they've been connecting with us online. And I'm so thankful for that. And I want them to know that Jesus loves them. I want you to know that Jesus loves you and that Jesus cares deeply for you. And he died on the cross for your sins. And he will redeem you, restore you, and reconcile you back to himself. So church, come together in one mind, in one accord, wherever you may go or do this week. I want you to pray for the peace of God to rule in our hearts. And let's pray for the return of the backsliders in Jesus' name. And of course, remember, we'll be back here Wednesday night at 7 p.m. with Brother Scott Graham, Thursday night, Brother Jack Cunningham, and Friday night, uh, the daily devotion that I will be doing and then Sunday morning at 10 a.m., we'll be having a Bible study, Brother Daniel Strobel, and then 11 a.m., our morning worship next Sunday for Easter. So please remember and consider those announcements. We're going to have a wonderful time this week in the Lord. God's going to be with us. Let God use you, church. Let God minister through you and help everyone that you can and stay strong and be encouraged. It's a delight and privilege to have Brother Josh Herring with us, and I want him to come and minister to us the Word of God. Brother Herring, come. Amen. Greetings to all those that are watching tonight. We are welcoming you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a great time to be alive and part of the Apostolic Church. I give honor to Bishop, appreciate his vision for revival. If you did not watch this morning's service, if you were doing something, I encourage you to immediately, as soon as possible, watch that service from this morning. There was a shift in the atmosphere that took place 
about halfway through that message, and everyone that goes to this church needs to hear what the bishop said this morning about being determined. Are you determined to make it to the end? Amen. So glad to be with you tonight. Give honor to Bishop. Give honor to my wife and children. I have a word from the Lord, the book of John, chapter number 5. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. If you're at home tonight, just pull your Bible out, and, and we're going to go there. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Excited to give you the word of the Lord tonight. The Bible says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting. Everybody say waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down a certain season into the pool, troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. I want to preach to you tonight from the subject, the three dimensions of waiting. The three dimensions of waiting. I hope we can have church in your living room right now and in your car. I know it's Sunday night. I know you're at home. But if you're part of the church, you ought to be jacked up for Jesus tonight. It's Sunday night, and this is where you belong. Why don't you lift your hands wherever you are and begin to magnify the Lord with me. Let God speak to you tonight. This trial will be over, and the Lord will reign, and you will be back in the house of the Lord with the body of Christ. We love you, Jesus. Have your way in this place tonight. Use me, God. Speak through me. For your people's sake, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated wherever you are. Praise the Lord. Uh, if you've lived for God more than five seconds, if you've lived for God more than a few months, you have entered the waiting game a time or two. You have had a prayer get delayed. You've had something happen where you were taught a lesson on the value of waiting for the Lord. He does not work on my time clock, and he does not work on your time clock, but somehow he works on his own, and yet we are learning to wait. This country, this world is waiting on the Lord right now. If you've lived for God very long at all, you've learned some verses in your waiting game that gave you strength to go through the trial that you were in. I'm sure you've already learned Isaiah 40, 31, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles they'll run and not be weary and they will walk and not faint you've probably crossed over lamentations 325 which says the lord is good unto them that wait for him i am thankful for a god that is good to his people that know
know how to wait for him. In the word of God, when people were in the waiting game or in the waiting room for a miracle, it seemed like there was different types of elements that were involved, different types of atmospheres. There was floods or fires or famines or slavery or plagues or pestilence or wars or lion's dens or furnaces. There was different things that were crazy going on that the people had to endure while they waited upon the Lord. What you're going through right now is no different. The Lord has not forgotten you or forsaken you. You connect with the word of God. You read what people went through and you realize you can make it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Amen. I want to give you three dimensions that I believe the child of God taps into when they enter the waiting game, whether it's a, whether it's a, something positive or negative. If you get a horrible doctor report that something's wrong in your body, you've just stepped into the waiting game. If you get a promise from the Lord that something good's coming to your family, you've just stepped into the waiting game. If you have something happen in your life and you believe God has a destiny for your ministry. You have just entered the waiting game. If you are seeing someone in your family walk further and further away from the Lord, you are in the waiting game. And so I want to give you three things the Lord showed me. He said the first dimension of waiting when you have something either positive that you're waiting on or you're waiting on me to fix something that is negative is the dimension of expectation. He said Expectation immediately consumes a child of God when they get either a negative report or a positive promise because you are so full of faith that you just believe God will do it. And that's why when you're in expectation, you can always tell when someone is in the expectation zone because they're always encouraging other people. They're always telling you how God's going to do it, when God's going to do it, with who God's going to do it. They walk in almost a prophetic anointing it seems like you can't bring them down because they're constantly expecting God to come through every time something negative shows up they say it's an opportunity for God to do a miracle it's kind of like when Lazarus got sick Martha instantly stepped into expectation she said I already know what to do I've got to just get a word to Jesus he'll show up he'll heal him and all will be fine I know it's a bad sickness, but I already know when he's going to come by. I know around what time he'll be here. I know he'll drop everything. He'll come right to our house right now because he loves us so much and he's going to answer our prayer. She was quickly in expectation and that's what happens to us. We start quoting verses. My God can do exceeding abundantly above all I ask or think. We start imagining it in our mind how God's going to come through with the resources, how he's going to do it. You already figured it out in your spirit. You're expecting God to do it. But let me just say this. If you are in the dimension of expectation and expectation goes unanswered, then you drift into the next dimension of waiting, which is waiting. You go. Uh, The first thing God told me, he said, the first thing you should notice when you've changed dimensions from expectation to waiting is your speech changes. 
You no longer tell people how I'm going to do it. You just say God's still going to do it. You no longer expect a certain thing to happen. Now you just start saying things like, well, God's going to get the last word. God's going to get the final say. And he said, dare I tell you, and I wrote it down, that waiting is simply lowered expectation. You begin to lose faith. You go from specific faith to general faith. You go from the details of how you figured it out, how God's going to do it, to the deadline is now coming up, and now you're saying things like the Lord's going to do it his way. He's got it all under control. I just know he's going to do it. And now you start putting deadlines on God. Well, I'm going to hold on till such and such day. I believe he's going to work it out by then. He's going to do it this way. He's going to do it that way. It's almost like if you have a house and you're trying to sell it on the market and you put the house on the market and you wait several days and you're expecting to get a certain amount for the house and, and you just know it's gonna it's worth at least this much and it's God's will for you to sell it for this much. And, but if you wait very long and it sits on the market very long, you can so we, we got to get rid of that payment. So so let's lower the price. Let's lower what we are expecting to receive and somehow just get something to get by. Welcome to the waiting room when you are sitting there saying, I, I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know with who God's going to do it. I just know that God's going to do it. Is there anybody in the waiting room right now? Is there anyone in the waiting game saying, I don't really know what to think. I don't know what to expect, but I just believe that God will somehow, when this thing is over, release his virtue and power into our church, into our life. Amen. You know, it's a, when you are in the waiting dimension, um, it's, if you're not, if you haven't been waiting very long, if you've just left expectation and you've drifted a little bit into waiting, a good faith message will pull you back into expectation. You know, a, a good faith word will stir you up and you'll say, God, forgive me for, 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 for lowering my faith. And, and you'll be pulled back into that dimension where you know this is how God's going to do it. I, I needed that word tonight. It, it just shocked my spirit and it revived the promise in me, it revived the faith in me. And, and you, you begin to know, okay, God hasn't forsaken me. and God knows where I am, and God's going to do it. But if you go a while in the waiting dimension, without faith constantly being put into your spirit, let me just say this. If you go to this church, First Pentecostal Church, you can't afford to skip messages at home and say, I'm not going to watch it tonight. Because you need every word of faith to keep you going while you're in this battle. I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost on that right there. You need to make it the top priority. Whenever the services are being streamed, you are going to be watching because you need faith every chance you get. You know, the Bible says that 
We are to fight the good fight of faith. There's two fights right there. Fight the good fight. But they're two totally different meanings. The first word fight means to a to a fight with a contender, to have an adversary, to enter a contest. But the second word fight means the assembly or the arena where the contest is held. You see, until this virus broke out, you could come to the sanctuary and that's where the assembly is. That's where the arena is. That's where you fight for your faith. But right now you can't get in here. So you've got to make your house the assembly where you fight for your faith. Turn the TV down. Turn the preaching up and let the faith get in your spirit and turn your house into a sanctuary. Hallelujah. But if you wait too long and God doesn't answer, you drift into the last dimension of the waiting game. And that dimension is called impossible. You've lost your faith when you get there. Your speech changes again. You start saying things like, well, if God doesn't do it, if God doesn't come through, I'm not going to survive this. If God doesn't absolutely do a miracle from heaven, it's not going to work. It's impossible. You know why you've lost? You know how you know you've lost your faith? The Bible says without faith it is impossible when you've tapped into that impossible zone now you are you're not moved by faith messages you're you're not even stirred you you you, you already buried Lazarus you, you thought he was coming to heal him and, and you thought he'd at least show up to the funeral and but he he's been dead four days now and so so when you're in the impossible zone you're not so easily excited by a hype message because yes I want to praise him and yes I want to believe but I've gone to the altar before and, and I expected to be healed before I expected my kid to pray through by now and so now I've drifted into a dimension where I've waited so long <laughs> I'm not rebuking you. People that are in the impossible zone have gone through more hell than people in the waiting room or in the expectation zone. Someone that's in the impossible zone has fought devil after devil, had dreams turn into nightmares, had faith turn into fear, blessings turn into curses. What you thought was the open door shut in your face, and now you're sitting here hoping that God somehow, some way will answer answer your prayer because it looks impossible impossible so back to our text you've got you've got all these people that every year an angel would come down and he would trouble the water in this pool and whoever jumped in first was healed you had all kind of groups of people. You had impotent folk, which means they have no strength. You had blind, which means obviously they have no vision. You had people that were halt, which means they have no movement. You had people that were withered, which means they have no life. But all of these people were waiting. Some of them were on the edge of the pool. They were still expecting, God, it's my year. This is my time. I, I've waited a long time for this. This is my season. I'm going to be healed. I'm on the edge. Others were sitting there waiting. I don't have much strength left, but God might do it for me. I don't see how God's going to do it, but I, I just believe he's going to do it. I don't have much movement left, but I believe I'm still waiting on the Lord to come through. 
you people that had no life, but yet they believed. They were waiting on something to happen. And in the crowd of all the waiters, you've got one man that's drifted past the waiting dimension into the impossible zone. 38 years he has sat there waiting to be healed and nothing has changed. 38 years, 38 times. When is my time coming? I want to give you three signals that you've entered the impossible zone. I want to give you three little things that should let you know you've tapped into the impossible dimension. Number one, he did not recognize the presence of God when it came near him. When Jesus came near him in a crowd of people, he called God, sir. He didn't even recognize he was in the presence of the creator of the universe because when you've drifted so long waiting for a miracle, it's hard to pick up on the presence. Secondly, he was distracted by others because he said, Lord, he said, sir, while I'm trying to get to that pool, there's other people that stepped down in front of me. I, I want it to be my season, but I can't get my attention off of people who are closer to their destiny and their miracle than I am. I, I, I want to believe it's for me, but. Every time I turn around, she's getting blessed. He's getting promoted. She's getting healed. He's getting restored. They're getting their financial breakthrough. Their family's coming together. And every time I look, I seem to be behind everybody. Impossible. But the, the, the big one, here's how you really know. When you've tapped into the impossible, your actions don't line up with your words. Because he said, while I am coming, but the Bible said Jesus saw him lying. He's, he's trying to convince God that he's still pursuing with that level of faith he once did. His words are saying, I'm going after it. I'm still coming down to the water. But his actions said, I'm lying down. Oh, there are people that are trying to convince God right now. I'm still the same person I used to be. Just because I stopped going to church, just because I, I let go of this standard, or I let go of that. Oh, I'm still the same. I'm still going after it, God. Can I be Josh Herring for a second? God knows when you're lying. He said, the Bible said God saw him lie. I took that literally because he literally lied. He's lying to God, trying to convince him that he's acting in faith when he's laying down. Trying to convince him he's pursuing the miracle when he's laying down, when he's letting go. When it's imp I want to talk to a backslider watching right now. I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost. Something has convinced you that you can never come back to God. That it is impossible. That you will be judged and critiqued and attacked and people will mock you. That is a lying spirit trying to keep you from what God has for you. And you hear this preacher, when these doors open back up, you shut that lion's mouth and you get back in here because we love you and we're going to help you. The devil's lying to you telling you it's impossible 
Can I give you a word from the Lord? The last dimension of waiting is impossible. But if you are in that dimension, please don't hang your head because it's the last dimension before the miracle appears because you have to go from expecting to waiting to where it's impossible for God to really get the glory. And so Jesus said, rise, take up that bed and walk. It's like the woman that had the issue of blood that she, she went from expecting to be healed to going to doctors, waiting rooms, waiting to be healed to finally, if God doesn't do it, I'm going to die. So she crawls through a crowd and touches the hem of his garment because when you're in the impossible zone, you don't care what people say about you. You don't care if they mock you. When you've been drifting from God and you know he's about to come back, you don't care what people say about you you get to the house of God when the doors open and you get to the altar and you touch the hem of his garment I want to tell you a word from the Lord he is the God of the impossible here's some proof for you in the book of Luke chapter number one verse 36 here comes the angel talking to Mary about how she's pregnant with destiny and she has baby Jesus inside of her and the angel all of a sudden changes subjects and stops talking to her about what's inside of her and starts talking to her about what's inside of her cousin the old Elizabeth for in 136 the angel said behold thy cousin Elizabeth she hath also conceived a son in her old age and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren she was nicknamed barren she's an old lady and she can't have children according to people but Luke 137 said for with God nothing shall be impossible it doesn't matter what the devil has told you it doesn't matter how long you waited for I serve a God that can do impossible things that you and I cannot do you ought to praise him right now in your living room you ought to worship him right now in your car you ought to let the devil know where you stand I can't fix it but I have a God talking to me right now and he's going to fix my situation and so Mary walks in Elizabeth, six months pregnant. John the Baptist inside of her. Jesus inside of Mary. John hasn't moved in six months. Mary walks in, starts talking. John leaps inside of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth looks at Mary in Luke 145 and says these words, Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. She said, Mary, you're blessed because you believed when you've got no proof. You don't even look pregnant. You're not even sure if you're pregnant, but you believed it. And here's the key phrase. She said, there shall be a performance. In the Greek, it literally says this. There is an event that will verify your promise in other words even when your deadline for God to move passed even when you told God how to do it with who to do it and he did not do it the way you told him to he wants to let you know that your name is on the calendar in heaven right now and on such and such date at such and such time God is going to answer the prayer that you could not get answered 
Lazarus is going to come forth. One of my favorite verses, Isaiah 64, verse 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. You have no clue what God's up to right now. You watch the news, you're going to enter discouragement before long. You stay glued to the media, you'll lose your faith. If you, if you have to look at the Fox News 40 times a day and you pick up your Bible once a week, you're going to have discouragement before next Sunday. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost. I'm not telling you not to watch Fox News or anything. Go for it. But if you're glued to what the world is saying, how the world perceives everything, you're going to need encouragement all the time. It's time to get your head back in the book. It's time to get your ear back to the pastor's mouth and say, let me hear what the Lord's saying to my family and to my church. Don't drift just because you're at your house. It's time to get on fire in your house and stay more connected to the voice of your shepherd and the voice of God than you've ever been in your life. It's impossible, preacher. If it's impossible, you ought to shout. If it's impossible, you ought to dance. If it's impossible, you ought to thank the Lord because you finally stepped into a dimension where man does not have the answer. You don't have the money. You don't have the resources or the connections to do what only God can do. And therefore, you are finally in the last dimension of the waiting game. And God is going to get all the glory when he does the miracle for you. Let's stand in your home. Let's stand. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel, you know, I feel like having an altar call. Bishop said have an altar call. I feel that in the Holy Ghost. I feel like having an altar call in your house. It's time for your living room or your bedroom or wherever you are in your car. We're not going to dismiss. We're not going to say, okay, thanks for watching. We're going to have an altar call right now because some of you that are watching have been watching and not praying. You've been watching and not breaking through. You've been watching and saying, that's good. I need that. But you need to get your hands back up in the air, dad, mom, and get your mouth open. It's time to pray like you're in the altar on a Sunday morning when bishops up here preaching. It's time to turn your house into an atmosphere where you fight for your faith. The devil will tell you it's impossible, but I have a God with all things. Nothing's impossible to him. Well, God, all things are possible. Why don't you pray with me right now? If you're a backslider, why don't you pray with me right now? I shut every lion's mouth telling you can't come home. I shut every lion's mouth saying it's impossible. You've done too many things wrong. That's a lie from hell. That's a demon trying to hold you back from what God has for you. There's no judgment. It's the mercy of God reaching for you. It's time to come home. It feels impossible because you've tried everything on your own, but you don't have the answer. But we have a God. We have a church that will reach you. We love you. And it's not impossible. Wherever you are, lift up your hands and lift up your voice. I'm not going to cheerlead you to pray. You know how to call on God right now. You know where you are in the waiting room. You know where you are in the waiting room. You know where you are. You know how long you've waited. You know what you're asking God for. And you know what the devil's telling you. If it's impossible, congratulations.
there's only one move left, and it's the king's move. I want to ask you, I want to ask you, start speaking faith. I want you to pray right now with me. I want you to ask God, help me to start speaking faith. Open my mouth to speak life. Don't release the negativity that you're hearing. If it's getting to you, so much negativity on the media, and all you're speaking is negativity, come on, shut it down for a little bit so the voice of God can get to you where you speak life and you speak peace. You can't control the world, but you can control your world. You can control how you react. You can control what goes on in your house. You can control how you pray. You can control what you say. Someone lift up your need to God. I know it's impossible. I know I can't fix it for you, but there's a God watching you right now. He just wants to make sure you'll give him all the praise, not your boss, not your spouse, not your favorite preacher. He wants you to give him all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. It feels impossible. Someone ought to press through right now. I'm going to keep pushing it for a moment. I didn't come to sermonize you. I've come to help you get a breakthrough right now. Somebody help me pray over the internet right now. Someone help me pray right now. Some families in this church gather together and bind with us right now. We're believing God to break through. We're believing God for the greatest revival this church has ever seen. Come on, step out of your flesh. Step out of your comfort zone. Step out of, well, I don't, I don't feel anybody. I don't have anybody playing music for me. There's no altar in front of me. Then make your couch an altar. But get your family if they're near you. If they're not, get your hands up and say, God, revive my faith. I know you're going to come through. Forgive me for doubting you. Forgive me for questioning you. Forgive me for entering confusion and fear and worry and anxiety. But, oh, God, pour faith in of my spirit. I don't have to know the details. I just have to know you're the God of the impossible. And when I can't fix it, and when I don't know what to do, I trust that you will every single time. Don't call me barren. Don't call me barren. Something's moving in me. Something's alive in me. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. Bishop's coming. As he comes, would you lift your hands in your home? Would you tell the devil to get out? Your shepherd's about to speak to you. Our shepherd's about to speak to you. Would you lift your hands in your house right now? As the shepherd comes, let every lying, lying spirit shut its mouth. And let the voice of the prophet speak to our people. And God is going to take over every home in every capacity. There's going to be peace like he said tonight in Jesus' name. I speak peace in your life. I ask that that peace overrule everything that's troubling you, any negative voice and words that are coming out of your mouth. They're now being overridden by the faith that God is going to do the impossible. What you thought he could not do, he is going to do, and he will do it, and he'll receive the glory for it. We've heard from God tonight. This message has ministered to every spirit everyone that's connected we've all waited on god we've all gone through those stages but god is with us 
and he's going to do the impossible. He's going to bring us through, and when we come out on the other side, what a harvest we're going to have in the church. And backslider, I speak to you. We love you. We're praying for you. God has opened the door for you to return, for none of us are perfect, and all of us need the mercy and grace of God. So I want you to act on that in faith and believe that you are the one that was spoken to tonight in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us. And then on Wednesday night, we'll be back again. Brother Scott Graham will be speaking at 7 p.m. And then on Thursday, Jack Cunningham, Friday, daily devotion. So please join us, and we would be delighted to have you be a part of our live broadcast. And be safe and stay strong in Jesus' name. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.